smell of a flarp. It smells like blueberries. Oh, it does. It does smell good. Let's see if I can get a flarp sound. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crime in the Coconut. A uh, true crime everything podcast. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. How are you guys? Sorry we, we missed a week. Things have been difficult in That's personal lives. That's an understatement, but I hope you guys are all doing well. Um, hopefully we'll have a little bit more organization going on. Uh, love you, Maria. Hope you're listening. I just gotta kick my computer a few times to get to shut up. Technical difficulties. <laughs> all right. I'm sure you've heard of this. I recognized her immediately. I'm ready. I don't know what you're doing. Eileen. <gasps> Yay! Voronos. Is that how you say it? Yes. And you, fun fact, I've only ever heard one podcast on this before. I've never heard, listened, read, or anything other coverage because I was hoping you'd do this someday. I didn't know who this was, but when I saw her picture, I immediately recognized her. And later on in the story or in my article, a lot of interviews and books and everything were written. Like, she's like the epitome of like people monetized her. Yeah. So I think that's why she's so well known. Yeah. Plus, I think she's one of the one of the only like when you say female serial killers, like this is the first person most people mention. Yeah. She's one of the only, like, prolific ones. I think she, I thought she was more recent until I started, like, researching. Isn't she, you, you tell, it's you like, tell um, a big one. Like, 70s? Yeah, 70s, 80s-ish. When everybody was dying. Typically. Very nice. Thanks. We got some Dill Havarti cheese. Oh, I forgot there was cheese. We got some drinky poo. Well, I have drinky poo. I have water. That's funny. You're a hydro homie. I'm what? A hydro homie. A hydro homie, that is right. <laughs> Sometimes even taking like just a glass of water fixes the problem. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Also considering how much I drink. On to murder. Off of hydration. Eileen Warnerose, born in Rochester, Michigan on February 29th, 1956. She's a leap year baby. Oh damn, that was the start of it all for her. <laughs> Probably. Eileen's parents were young. Her mother, Diane, only being 14 when she married her father, Dale. Who, and who was how old? 16. Okay. Her mom was like 14. Okay. Diane being 16 when she had Eileen's older brother, Keith, and Eileen just a year later. Two months before Eileen was born, her mother filed for divorce. Hard for the course. So Eileen never met her father because he was incarcerated at her time of birth due to sex crimes against children. <laughs> he was a diagnosed schizophrenic and eventually committed suicide in prison by hanging 13 years after his conviction. Bang! We have started. <laughs> yes, and I I don't know the statistics on schizophrenia or mental disorders being hereditary, but typically they are. I Yeah. And both of her parents were like messed up. They were not doing it, having a good time. And the rest of her childhood like really didn't make it any better. So like... That's good. Nature get, versus nurture, and this one is... Get settled. Like, this is gonna be like, bang, bang, bang. Okay, I got my water. Let's go. <laughs> when Eileen was only four, her mother abandoned both of her children, leaving them with their maternal grandparents, who were both alcoholics. Excellent. By the ripe age of 11, Eileen was exchanging, or en engaging in sexual behaviors in exchange for cigarettes, drugs, and food. Huh. She was also engaging in sexual activities with her brother, and it gets worse. Eileen later claimed that her alcoholic grandfather would beat and sexually assault her, forcing her to strip out of her clothes before beating her, and at the age of 14 became pregnant via the rape of one of her grandfather's accomplices. Oh, no. 
so that she's like 11 and 14 like already very sexually active sometimes i notice like with when other people listen to other podcasts or they watch documentaries about people like this you know serial killers very horrific violent people they don't like when you talk about the backstory because it humanizes that person but what you need to remember is that these are humans Mm -hmm. they're just really bad humans and these things don't excuse it but they kind of explain it Mm-hmm. And that's important because you could have an Eileen Warnos as your neighbor and not know it. You mm-hmm. could have a Ted Bundy as your neighbor, a Jeffrey Dahmer as your neighbor and not know it. You need to know that these kinds of things can affect people in this way. Yeah, and I I like that we cover backstories. Mm-hmm. And I know when we first started doing this, I didn't always cover backstories. But then I saw you were doing it and I was like, this is getting me engaged. Like, this is involving me with the person in question and it is making me related to them sympathetic even because if you just hear jeffrey dahmer eight people you are literally never going to comprehend that you shouldn't because you're not Mm -hmm. you know you you hear eileen mornos killed however many people she kills and you're like i i don't get it thanks for not spoiling (laughs) well because i don't know i actually don't know (laughs) But if you just hear the bad stuff, you're like, wow, it's like a bad car accident. You can't look away from it, but you don't understand anything about it. Oh, yeah. And uh, you're going to remember the name. I always... Catherine Knight. Mm-hmm. Catherine Knight, like, she was almost in she the same boat. She never a chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyways, Eileen <laughs> uh, gave birth at a home for unwed mothers and the child was placed for adoption. A few months later, Eileen dropped out of school and around the same time, her grandmother died of liver failure. Alcoholism will do that to mm-hmm. you. Her grandfather threw her out, and she began supporting herself living in the woods and doing sex work at 15 years old. I can't. And and this is why I think, like, back to the whole backstory thing, like, you see that these people were, were betrayed by people that were supposed to care for them. Yes. They were... So there automatically you don't have, you have and nothing. I you don't have an idea of no. reality. Yeah. When you lose hope like that, and I tell my grandparents all the time, I'm like, thank God you guys were there for us because yeah. I could have definitely ended up, maybe, maybe killing people, I don't know, but a lot worse, right. that's for sure. The human psyche is so fragile. You might think that you're better than these people, and of course, in some regards you are because you, you have kept your sanity and you haven't harmed people in this way, but you are just one small little step away from yeah. that at any moment well, being, in your life. Being treated like... Hello. Excuse me, miss. Shut up. She's got something to say about the human psyche. <laughs> what do you guys say? Oh. Oh, wow. You say something else? You interrupting turd. Anyways. <laughs> that you, they it's, got... it's, it's like, it's like torture. Yeah. You're being tortured from a young age. You don't even know what positivity looks like, what nurturing looks like. What healthy sexual relationships look like. What healthy yeah. relationships, period, look like. So it doesn't surprise me that Eileen turned out the way she did when this is all she knew. Yes. And in the same vein, you could have not even necessarily the greatest upbringing. You could have just a normal upbringing that does teach you right from wrong, teaches you positivity. It's not necessarily always great, but it's not so toxic as this is. And still you can turn out like this. You can be given opportunities and support and safety and food and shelter, and this can still happen to you. But... I think that's where nature versus nurture comes into factor. Yes. Eileen's early criminal record starting at 18 in Colorado included DUI, disorderly conduct, and firing a 22 from a moving vehicle and failure to appear for, you know, probably getting arrested for a said thing. At 20, Eileen hitchhiked to Florida where she met 69-year-old Yacht Club president Louis Phil. Oh, she was trying to step up in the world. Yacht Club president? She was doing good for herself. Um, and then they married after that, like, pretty damn quickly. <laughs> good job. Which, 
You know, if you're gonna be doing sex work and you find a sugar daddy, gold digging is always an option. Always. Yeah, there's gonna be some old creep out there that wants to pay for you. Who cares? Eileen was continuously confrontational and went to jail briefly for assault following altercations at a bar. She also hit her new husband with his cane, leading him to place a restraining order against Eileen only weeks after their marriage. So I think at this point he was like, ooh. Just kidding. Maybe this is a bad idea. Uh, I wasn't laughing, but I also was kind of. <laughs> it's, it's a little comical. Damn it. She then returned to Michigan and was arrested with assault and disturbing the peace after throwing a cue ball at a bartender's head. I don't know the whole story. I would like to, to hear both sides. <laughs> he might have deserved it. Maybe. Or yeah. she. In the summer of that year, her brother died of esophageal cancer. And Eileen received 10 grand from his life insurance policy and annulled her marriage only nine weeks after the wedding. She was given another DUI, paid the fine with her brother's life insurance, and spent the rest buying luxuries, including a car that she wrecked pretty soon after. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Ain't that the truth. <laughs> then in 1981, she's 25 years old now, Eileen was arrested in Florida for armed robbery of, wait for it, a whopping... $35 and two packs of cigarettes. It like breaks my heart to hear it. Like also don't steal from people common sense, but at the same time, like I've never been in a position that I would armed rob somebody for so little. She was homeless at a young age. So yeah. this was probably a lot to her. I know. I, that's what I, I mean. I believe she doesn't really have an idea of what monetary value is. Yeah. And this is also like foreshadowing other things that happen. She was in jail for about a year and then was arrested again for forgery and was named a suspect in the theft of a revolver and ammunition in Pasco County. Then at the age of 30, Eileen is arrested in Miami for car theft, resisting arrest, and obstruction of justice. They also found a 38 caliber and ammunition in the stolen car. Later that year, she was detained for questioning after a male companion claimed Eileen pulled a gun on him in his car and demanded $200. Police discovered a 22 pistol and ammunition under the seat that she was claimed to be in so they connected that to her around this time eileen met Ty tyria tyra t-y-r-i-a tyria tyria let's just say um tyria i think tyria sounds right uh she met this woman named tyria moore at a lesbian bar and they moved in together eileen supported them with her earnings as a sex worker they were both detained the next year for questioning regarding an incident of assault and battery with a beer bottle. Mm. Up until Eileen's execution, she claimed to still be in love with Tyria. And that had me thinking, like, orange is the new black. I know. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. Don't kill people. Why are you doing that? You could have a nice, lovely life with your partner. After Eileen met Tyria, she murdered seven men in a period of a year. And now we're going to go over the victims. Yikes. And when I went over the victims, I think we're going to have the same thought process on this. Probably. Richard Mallory, 51, was Eileen's first victim who was a convicted rapist that she claimed she killed in self-defense. Eileen said she was sodomized and brutally beaten after being taken to an abandoned area for sexual requests. His body was found several miles away in a wooded area, shot multiple times. The cause of death were two bullets to the left lung. I kind of believe that story. I kind of do too. Yeah. And I... I'll go over my theory later. David Spears, 47. His naked body was found along a route in Florida. He had been shot six times. Charles Carscadon, 40. His body was found in Pasco County. He had been shot nine times. His body was wrapped with an electric blanket and found badly decomposed. Witnesses say they saw Eileen with his car and was seen pawning a gun owned by him. Peter Seams, 65, apparently left Florida for Arkansas, but his body was found a month later in Orange Springs, Florida. Eileen and Tyria were seen abandoning the car, and Eileen's prints were found on the interior door handle. His body was never found. Troy Burris, 
1950, his body was found along a route near a wooded area, and he had been shot twice. Charles Humphreys, 56, his body and car were found in two separate counties. He was found fully clothed and had been shot six times in the head and torso. Walter Antonio, 62, his naked body was found near a remote logging road. He had been shot four times, and his car was found in a different county as well. Early on the year following, Tyria was found in Pennsylvania and agreed to elicit a confession if granted immunity. So that... I was like wondering I'm like if they were seen together like why didn't she also go to jail and I think this is why yeah and I think they split up because why would she be in Pennsylvania yeah Tyria contacted Eileen and pleaded that she cleared her name Eileen confessed to the murders and claimed the men she killed had tried to rape her and she acted in self-defense at Eileen's sentencing psychiatrists testified that she was mentally unstable and had been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder Four days later, she was sentenced to death. All right. So I could see the first one being like that was a genuine attack. And I think that that could have possibly sparked something in her that was left over from her childhood. Mm -hmm. And I could see her maybe thinking no one's come for the first one. And I might be able to gain something from doing this again. Because maybe after the first one, she probably robbed him. What? Are you meant to only have one earring in? I have an infection in this piece. Oh, I'll okay. Take it out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Um. <laughs> I was like, is everything all I was right? like, is this like a statement? Or like, <laughs> No, it's just the other ones were not, I don't see the other ones being attacks. I agree. Her, I think, you know? I think if that first guy really did rape her and beat her, I think it triggered something yeah. from her childhood. And she was and then I think, rage. And I think from that point, her triggers became more sensitive and yeah. she does sex work. Yeah. So I think if these guys acted a certain way yeah. to her in any kind of way, she was like, I'm killing you. Because that first one was the only convicted rapist. Yeah. The other ones seemed like they were just men who were probably soliciting her work. Yeah. And uh, she also made money from doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, she probably stole them. Pawned and their... And pawned all their stuff. Yeah. But I think, too, like you said earlier, you mentioned that schizophrenia is often hereditary. She also had borderline personality disorder. At some point, I'm sure that these murders became, like, reliving something for her. Mm -hmm. And she was killing her grandpa or his friends or whoever over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. I'm you know? sure. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make it right. But I think, yeah, that first one probably was really in self-defense and it just set off the other six. And at this point in me writing the article, I was like, I just feel bad for her. Like, I really, I for a minute, I was like, I don't think she's crazy. I think she's just angry. Yeah. But then we go over some other stuff and I'm like, okay, this bitch is actually crazy. Also angry, <laughs> but also insane. <laughs> Eileen pleaded to no contest in the murders and claimed that she wanted to get right with God. She then claimed that Mallory, the first victim, did violently rape her but the others did not. They only began to start to, which makes you think that's where the blurred lines are. Like, maybe... She doesn't really remember, like, you know, her consent or... Yeah. Eileen told several inconsistent stories about the killings, another point. Mm -hmm. During an interview for a film, believing to be off-camera, Eileen told filmmaker Nick Broomfield that she did, in fact, act in self-defense, but she could not stand being on death row and wanted to die. At this time, she was on death row for nearly 10 years, Oof. and in all, she received six death sentences. Wow. That's amazing. They yeah. didn't give her the one for the one that she claimed self-defense. Assessed on the psychopathy checklist, Eileen scored a 32 out of 40. <laughs> Scores above 25 or 30 are consistent with diagnosis of uh, psychopathy. I believe that wholeheartedly. You don't kill someone that many times without... Well, you only kill somebody once. Well, I mean, I the, the first one was self-defense. <laughs> 
So you yeah. know what? Like, you don't kill someone more than one time without being a psychopath. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like that one old lady. I can't remember who it was, but she got, she shot and killed, like, all four of her husbands and claimed that they were all in self-defense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Who was that? I don't think we've covered her. I remember we talked about it, though. We did. We mentioned it. Yeah, but it was like, whoever's hmm. listening that knows what we're talking about, let us you know, know, please. One time <laughs> is understandable. Two times, it's a coincidence. Three times, it's suspicious. Four times, it's like, all right, you're just doing this Come on, on now. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> she stated her intention to dismiss her legal counsel and terminate all pending appeals. Quote, I killed those men, robbed them as cold as ice, and i do it again too. There's no chance in keeping me alive or anything because I'd kill again. I have hate crawling through my system. I am so sick of hearing this she's crazy stuff. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I am one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. And she said that. I believe her. And that's the thing is like when you hear quotes from her, you're like, I think she, I think like when we, any male serial killers who are like, yep, I just like killing people. That's yeah. just how I am. We accept it. But when it's a woman, suddenly... It goes against what a woman is meant to be. Yeah, she's crazy and she doesn't know what she's doing. Right. But I think she does know what she's doing. She's doing the same thing that every other serial killer has ever done. Yeah. Disdain for human life. She's just one of the only ones that'll say, I just don't have any respect for, for life. Yeah. She has no, like, moral ambiguity. She didn't hide behind the abuse that happened to her. She didn't say, oh, I'm doing this because I wanted to kill all of the men that ever mistreated me as a child. She's doing it because hate, hate runs through my body. Yeah. I, I hate everything and I don't want to be here and I, I want to bring others with me. And this is, like, her being on death row made me feel bad for her. And I cover that. And then you also go back and forth thinking, wait, is she actually crazy? In 2002, Eileen claimed prison matrons were tainting her food with dirt, saliva, and urine in an effort to get her to commit suicide before the execution. And claimed they wished to rape her before her execution as well. She would starve herself and refuse to shower until certain officers were on duty. Andy's roommate used to be, a, like, a correctional officer at a jail. And he has some good stories. Oh, I bet. She also turned on her interviewer, quote, You sabotaged my ass, society, and the cops, and the system. A raped woman got executed and was used for books, movies, and shit. She declined her last meal and opted for a cup of coffee instead. Her last words were, quote, Yes, I would just like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus, June 6th like the movie, big mothership and all. I'll be back. I'll be back. It's my birthday. See you then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're past that. Uh, we are. <laughs> and then I have a book, uh, Lethal Intent by Sue Russell. Book, Dear Dawn, Eileen Wernros, in her own words, and a few poems. Films, mm -hmm. Eileen Wernros, The Selling of a Serial Killer, and Eileen, Life and Death of a Serial Killer. The film Monster was based on her and has been in a few episodes of quite a few TV shows, including Law and Order SVU, and there have been a lot of songs based on her. Um... My own pop culture input and the first time I ever saw Eileen Mornos, she was in AHS Hotel when they have the Halloween dinner and they have, it's, um, what's it called? Devil's Night. Halloween night, the ghost of the murderous hotel builder has the ghosts of, like, some of the most famous serial killers over for dinner and they kill, um, they bring in, like, a, a real live human being and they kill them at the dinner. And Eileen Warnos was at that dinner. Which is crazy to me. Like, Richard Ramirez, Eileen Warnos, Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy, I think, and the Zodiac Killer. Like, Ted Bundy wasn't in there. Like, and I don't know if that's my bias because she's a woman, but I really don't think Eileen fits into that category. She doesn't. She doesn't. 
I think it's just like a popular. It was very straight. Her her issues were very straightforward. And I don't like there have been like multiple women who have the same story who have killed multiple men because of that same thing. It's just simply because there has not been a woman discovered yet that did anything like Ted Bundy did or like Jeffrey Dahmer did. Yeah. Or like John Wayne Gacy did. Although I will say the Diane Downs story fucks me oh, up. Oh, yeah. Up and down. All over. I think of Diane Downs all the time. And they actually, my at my work, we have a TV in the break room. Mm-hmm. And they were doing a special on Diane Downs. And I it's, was like, me and Ashley did that in the podcast. I know that story. I was like, I know everything about this story. <laughs> I mean, like, you want to hear a story? I got it. I, I know it. Let me tell you. Um, or like even Catherine Knight. Like, yeah. That was she she decorated her she house like the guy and she had like axes and saws like hanging on her like that was her decor she stabbed every boyfriend she ever had yeah and she, she made like a little like cannibalistic dinner for her children like she slit the throat of a dingo puppy yes the dingo all eileen mornos did was kill seven men now i'm not saying that's small potatoes like that's still a big deal seven men died but seven people died and that's sad but she's not she's not out of her mind i mean she is but she's not she just have a bad life and didn't respect mortality no she didn't and i wouldn't either she Shit. didn't see the point yeah in life. Why, her how, own or anyone else how would you how could you i'm honestly actually surprised but maybe this goes back to her psycho hers is it psychopathy is how you pronounce it oh maybe i say I psychopathy like a psycho i think most people say psychopathy however you psychopathy say sounds psychopathy sounds like <laughs> it rolls out the tongue better yes <laughs> her psychopathy is probably part of the reason why she didn't just kill herself that borderline personality disorder and like because i think any other person would have just killed themselves a long time ago like probably when she ended up pregnant from the rape yeah. you know mm-hmm most people wouldn't have come out of that, but she did. And that's strength, but it was strength put in the wrong place. And it turned her into what she became later on in her life. I think I'm too narcissistic. Yeah. I'm like, I think I deserve to have a good life. And that's probably why I'm like... But that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. That is where that... I think nar- everyone has narcissism because it is a survival mechanism. It is your body, your muscles, your organs. The human body has things in place to keep you from dying mm-hmm. for as long as possible. You can enter into starvation mode and your body will use fat stores so that way you can go longer without food. Mm -hmm. Your brain has the same thing and it will pull whatever card it needs to pull to keep you from dying. I guess so because when I found out that I had like a hardy personality of hardy and passive or whatever the hell there are, Mm -hmm. hardy and something else. When I found out I had a hardy personality and like I was bullied really bad for a long time. I had like no self-worth but I was like the hardy personality means you bounce back faster. I don't know where I'd be unless I had that personality. For me it wasn't that I felt I deserved a better life. It was that there were people relying on me. Yeah, I think you're, I've been burnt out since I was like, like yes, twelve. You're like a constant state of burnout. I've, I've never not Which been is, burnt out. Like, the only time I'm worried about you is when I'm like, she's really pushing that limit. I can, I just know, I just know you. There you're is on. no limit. The limit does not exist. And that's your problem. Because <laughs> you think there's no limit. But I there must is. have. I always feel like I have a passive personality. I must have the hardy personality because I just keep going. I think somebody you, could hit you me with a fucking truck <laughs> and I would get right back up. Yeah, you're like, oh, hold on, I gotta Sorry, go work. I was in your way. <laughs> I go pick Haley up from. <laughs> you were like resilient to a fall. <laughs> My therapist told me that when I was like 15. Mm-hmm. She was like, You are very resilient. And I was like, Thank you. She's like, It's not a goblin. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, you think you're strong? She's breaking the ice. We got very serious there. For big, a big buff girl, get out of here. Go. She is big buff. 
So anyway, yeah, your body, your brain is an organ just like anything else and it has survival mechanisms and I think Eileen's brain used her personality disorder, whatever level of narcissism she had in her despite everything she'd been through. She took it and ran with it and became yeah. what she became. When you fear for your life at a young age, it fucks with you. It does. And you do have two choices, really, in life at any moment. I don't care how good of a person you are or how bad of a person you are, you always have the same two choices. And that is to do what she did or to just keep going and try to live a normal life. Abide by society's rules in whatever way you see fit. Yeah. So that's it. You only have two choices. Mm -hmm. I didn't learn until recently, like within this last year recently, and you know who I'm talking about when I say this, but I didn't know there was such a heavy gap between people who live a quote unquote normal life and people who have experienced trauma. Yes. For a long time, I liked to think that I was normal and that, and I say that with like heavy salt because I know people don't like that word. It's yeah. ableist or whatever. Yeah. But just for the sake of the conversation, I thought I was normal. I was like, I have to be normal. I have to be normal for me to be normal. Yeah. And when uh, parts of the real me creeped out a little bit, not that they were necessarily toxic, but things that I don't think are a big deal are a big deal to yes. people who have not experienced reality. Like my ex-boyfriend, and I'm not speaking ill of him on this, but he lived the quote normal life. Didn't really struggle for anything. He had his own set of traumas and troubles. Like I'm not saying his life was easy, but as far as like basic necessities, he never wanted for anything. You know, he got his license at 16, got a car, got a job, like everything was great. So when he met my family and he came to my house for the first time, my childhood home, he lost his mind. It was too much. Because he was like, please don't ask me to ever go back Because that's like, that might be like an inconvenience for you yeah versus for him that's like this me is... I was like god damn it I hate when she does this shit and he mm -hmm. was like she almost died like she was doing drugs in the living room on your birthday and I'm like <laughs> what can you say yeah. <laughs> but he I it, I truly did not realize how much of a shock that would be to somebody because I've never known a life different than that yeah I know that's what I'm saying that's yeah. what I'm saying and I I think it's sort of a guilt thing to not want to be around people that don't understand those sorts of things because I don't want them to have to understand those things. I don't want them to have to feel like I wish they wouldn't judge me or my family or, you know, I wish they would want to be a part of my life despite those things, but I also don't want them to have to experience what I know that they will. See, I'm I'm the opposite. I don't give a shit, <laughs> but I, I don't like the feeling of, I want to be friends with you, but I can't tell you everything because yeah. then I'm afraid I'll be alienated. Yes. And that's exactly what yes. happened. Yes. And that was like, that. I, I considered that part of my trauma. That whole yeah. thing that happened where all those people did that to me. Yeah. I wanted this normal life and, and, it's not I, working and I can't have it. Yeah. And that was probably part of her problem too, is everywhere you go, that's the cultural norm. That is why classes are separated, why little kids who don't wear as nice of clothes as everyone else from the get-go feel immediately different and isolated without anyone saying anything to them. You immediately feel like an alien, and she did from the beginning. Mm -hmm. She never stood a chance. Eileen, that is. Yes. And her defense mechanism was rage. Mm -hmm. So because she felt alone and because she felt rage, she ended up dying yeah. from her crimes. And she said, she was like, all right, I'm ready to die. I think, yeah. I think part of her wanted to die, but that defense mechanism... Of I she mean, couldn't do it herself. Yeah, she couldn't do it herself, but when she got put on death row, I'm sure that was a relief to her because she said, I just want, like, I'm tired of just being on death row. Just do it already. Yeah. Woo! I know. Sorry for the heavy topic. I like these sorts of conversations. Me though. too. I like when we have little sprinkles of these in the episode. I know. Mental health is a, 
I feel like people don't think mental health has anything to do with this. You hear the diagnosis, borderline personality disorder, mm -hmm. psychopathy, schizophrenia, whatever. You don't realize that people can have that and not be killers. Those but are normal things. I become very aggressive over this last year. That's okay. That's your defense mechanism. <laughs> I'm glad though. I'm glad yeah. I have that. I, I used to be super passive, but now I'm like, oh, I don't care. I'm still working on my passiveness. I'm a lot more passive than Amanda is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she's my friend. Because <laughs> I don't have any assertiveness. I mean, I do usually with the six-year-old outside, but... Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. A lot of what we said is going to be cut out, um, so if you'd like to hear every little uh, nitty-gritty detail we talked about, personal stuff, whatever, uh, join the Patreon. That's we, right. And if you looked at our Patreon like a couple months ago, we actually dropped the prices. We did. I think it's 1, 3, and 5. It's 1, 3, and 5 now. I think it might have been 5, 10, 20? I don't know. It was something. Too, it was way too expensive, but now... If just for a dollar a month, you can hear all of the stuff I cut out of the episodes. You get a nice, neat little sticker. Depending on what level mm -hmm. um, you go to, you get a different kind of sticker. It's There's like, pictures of our pets. Yeah, things like that. We put I put art up. I put drawings, like uh, sketches of the art mm -hmm. up ahead of time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Our plugs are Crime in the Coconut on Instagram, at uh, CITC Podcasts. On Twitter. Crime in the Coconut or Gmail. Crime in the Coconut Instagram. Did you already say that one? Yes, but Crime in the Coconut Facebook page, which has over 100 likes and followers on it. It's just like every every week there's like five more. And I'm we like, don't even, all right. We don't even post we don't anything, even post anything <laughs> on there. I'm like, cool. Facebook's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> if, we had a, if MySpace was still a thing, we'd have a MySpace. Maybe. All right. All right. That's it. All and right. Bye. Love you guys. Bye.